everyone, welcome to a, another episode of Divi Chat. We have a super exciting episode today. We're gonna be talking about Google Ads, uh, specifically for web designers. Uh, so we're gonna cover a lot. We have a special guest with us. We'll have Sean introduce himself in a minute. But before we dive into this awesome topic, which uh, everyone should know by now, I'm a marketing nerd, so I love when we get to uh, talk about marketing stuff. So I'm excited. Uh, before we do that, though, let's go ahead and we'll just go around the circle and, and meet the panelists, starting with you, Mike. Thanks, Tim. Uh, hi, everyone. My name's Mike Devitt, and I run a company here in the UK called Web Design Pro, uh, where we not only build websites paying attention to every detail, we make sure that they are search engine friendly too. Uh, very excited about this topic this week. Um, all things PPC, the power of Google Ads, Google Ads feels like you've gone over to the dark side, films almost like cheating. And when I first dabbled in it, I just saw it as like a Google cash cow. But having successfully run a number of campaigns for some clients now, I've realized how powerful it is in the right hands and it can be the making of a business as well. So Sean, um, be great to talk to you about this tonight. Um, so if you never dove down this rabbit hole, then perhaps you should. It's a whole other experience. And I would say if you're doing SEO, then you should know what you're up against with Google Ads as well. Or perhaps they can work together. We can obviously discuss that tonight as well. And uh, you can find me at www.webdesignpro.co and on nearly all the socials. Awesome. Love it, Mark. I just called you Mark. Love it, Mike. And I love your uh, yeah, rep in New York. <laughs> rep in New York from, from the UK. Um, <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Tim Streifler, uh, broadcasting from San Clemente, California. You can find me online at divilife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, tutorials, courses, all that good stuff. And yeah, as I mentioned, I'm a marketing nerd, so excited for this topic. I run uh, Google Ads for Divi Life, uh, and so definitely familiar with it, but I also definitely do not consider myself an expert. So I have a lot to learn, so I'm excited to talk about this, hopefully uh, pick up some good nuggets. Excited to hear what Sean has to say. So, yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, Eric here and still in Mexico City. This will be our last Divi Chat episode, though, where we're broadcasting from Mexico City. At least that's the plan. Uh, we head out this week, this Thursday morning at 2 a.m., to relocate to El Salvador for three months. So excited for that. Um, I own In Transit Studios, that's my digital marketing agency. Um, and uh, some people reached out last week because they noticed I changed my URL and my tag there. If you're watching this, if you're listening to it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you watch this, um, I'll buy my name there. It says finallyleads.com. I've got a new membership site that I'm building um, called the Lead Factory, where it's going to be all about helping web designers get those new and more leads that they're looking for. Um, and so I've got a resource over at finallyleads.com. And I also am very excited to have Sean on. I am not a pay-per-click expert and i wanted to add a uh digital marketing services about 18 months ago to our service offerings and transit studios up to about 18 uh, 24 months ago was a web design agency and we added a digital marketing division and um we decided to work with experts um in the fulfillment and delivery and that's how we got to know sean so sean is our um expert uh that does our ppc delivery and so you are all 
all in for some great information. So with that, I'll turn it over to Sean. Hey everyone. Uh, hi, so my name is Sean Pierce. I am a director of paid media for a company called Pennington Creative for a, a full service uh, white label digital marketing agency. Um, but before that, uh, I was a freelance marketing consultant on Upwork. I was uh, uh, top three percentile freelancers on the platform. Uh, and I got to work with uh, amazing brands all the way from uh, from startups, mom and pop to uh, Fortune 500. I probably estimated I managed about uh, $500,000 in PPC spend or more throughout my career. And I uh, would love to share uh, what I've learned. Awesome. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. So as uh, our listeners know, we keep things casual, informal, and just kind of uh, go where the wind takes the conversation. <laughs> and so uh, obviously the majority of our listeners are web designers working with clients. Uh, and so I, I see there kind of being two sides to this conversation. One is for our own business, right? For leads, mm -hmm. kind of like what Eric was talking about, getting leads for yourself, running Google ads for yourself to get leads. And then there's the other side where you're managing ads for clients, like what Mike was talking about, man, he has been able to successfully manage some Google ad campaigns for clients. And so um, whether you want to do both or one or the other, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll learn some things. And um, as Eric mentioned, uh, for those who are here live with us, put your questions in the uh, the live chat, the comments on, on, on YouTube um, or Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, we'd love to get them answered. Um, but kind of to kick us off, um, Sean, so for, for web designers that want to get started running Google ads to get themselves leads and get themselves more business, how, how do you recommend going about that? Where do you recommend getting started for it? Well, I think a lot of web designers, web developers, uh, they already come with that skill set with SEO. Uh, and I honestly want to say that SEO and your pay-per-click, your SEM, SEO, SEM are two sides of the same coin. Uh, and you can, you can learn a lot from your business, from looking at the organic standpoint and understanding, uh, what people are already typing in for your business. And you can pull that data and just say, Hey, let's just, uh, rank number one immediately and, uh, make an ad campaign specifically for that as an example. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So for SEO, because I, I do have a background in SEO, typically I'll do, um, I mean, a crap ton of keyword keyword research. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of the path for for uh, for PPC as well. Trying to do as much keyword research as possible, figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me and my business, because I mentioned, so I'm not a I. I I no longer build websites for clients. Um, I have plugins and child themes courses, all that. And so for me, it's a little bit different because I'm I'm running ads on a international basis. And so I'm trying to get people to come and buy my products. But for um, a service business such as a web designer, it's a little bit different, right? Because it's not a quick transaction. It's not like someone's looking for a web designer and then clicks and buys, right? Usually if they're looking, they're going to click, they're going to fill out a form. They might look at a few others and they're shopping around, getting quotes, setting up calls, that sort of a thing. Um, is there anything you do to try to figure out like for like a service type business, such as a web designer, how do you uh, go about um, kind of setting up that process? Like, uh, the way I kind of think about it as a marketer is like the different phases of a buying cycle, right? Someone might be ready to hire a web designer tomorrow, but a, but 
other people that might be just getting started and kind of dabbling. When you're setting up a campaign for a service type business, is that how you kind of break things down into the keywords and the funnels and that sort of thing based off of the buying cycle or, or how do you kind of go about that process? Um, something like that, definitely for sure. Uh, you definitely want to analyze uh, the stages of which um, of which that person is in, uh, whether they're researching or if they're itching to buy, right? Um, and to that point with web designers, I think you should take it a step back and understand who is your audience. Most of the time, uh, people typing in those terms are business owners. They're trying to get a new website up, right? Um, but a lot of business owners take this into their own hands. Uh, I've actually been running some PPC for web developers, actually. And uh, what I found is a lot of people type in uh, box builders like Shopify, Wix, Weebly, Squarespace. Uh, they type those in and they're looking for templates. They're looking for uh, niche specific. So you could say like Squarespace for um, tax consultant or something along those lines. Right. Um, what we so can right. do is you can create, so, uh, sorry. sorry to elaborate. Um, yeah. You can collaborate. Um, you can target those keywords uh, and it's just saying like, hey, own your website, come to this. Uh, you don't yeah. need to use Weebly, et cetera. Um, yeah. That's what I would go with trying to hit a different angle instead of just going for the the general keywords. Per yeah, se. so you're so writing you're writing the ad itself um, to make it more attractive to those people. So you're writing a. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, for those people that don't know and have never done Google Ads before, you can write different have different ad groups. So you can write Correct. specific. Um, uh, you can add specific keywords to specific ads within these groups that you can then show. So if somebody's typing in Shopify, you can target that. You can actually also target competitors' keywords as well, actually their business name, um, which always seems like, you know, treading on a, a fine line a little bit, but a lot of people do that to you. So I get it in, in my business because I've been very successful with my own business and my own SEO, if I type my business name in, I'll get a whole load of um, uh, ads based on somebody searching for my business. So, you know, that's that's sensible marketing. They're saying, well, look, you know, we can do it too. So you might be looking, you might be searching for Web Design Pro, um, but actually, you know, you'll get the, the, the classic three sponsored ads at the top now. Uh, and that's where you know that's how you sort of get in there and they'll they'll write that specific ad based on the fact that you're you're typing in that business name and they're basically saying look we can do the same thing so it's it's it really does it's not just uh, google ads what i've learned about google ads it's not just a step up it's a big step up because when somebody's doing a search you can really specifically target that person uh and that's just at the beginning. As you get into Google Ads and the more mature uh, your campaigns become and the more remarketing that you can do, you're, you've then got all this data. You've, got, you've gathered all this data and then you, you're almost um, becoming, it almost becomes supersized when you get into the performance max territory, of, of course, which we'll end up talking about at some stage during tonight. But yeah, just, just being able to um, target those uh, spe those that specific person that's written that's typed that key keyword search into Google, 
and and hit them with an ad straight away that potentially you get that lead is so powerful yeah that's good now uh sean back to what you were saying with like targeting for example people that are searching things related to like squarespace or or wix or, or whatnot um do you find that that is more uh cost effective than targeting someone who's looking for a web designer specifically because i'm thinking about like what what mike was saying where people targeting each other's competitors if you type in something wix you're probably going to see squarespace ads and yeah. uh, wordpress.com ads or whatever um do you find that doing that like for like a service-based business like a web designer is that still cost effective or are you then competing against these Good huge question. corporations that are targeting their competitors keywords does that make sense what i'm asking Absolutely. Uh, and we are bumping into some of that data already uh, with some of the accounts I've been running for. Um, these companies do bid on their own keywords, uh, but it's kind of like small fry. If you're bidding within a, a local region and it's just a handful of very specific long tail keywords that are highly relevant for your business, uh, you'll actually find that those CPCs could be a lot lower. Those could be like $5 or less um, versus in this market where it's like $20 or more, generally speaking. Um, so it really just depends. You have to do your keyword research and you have to uh, to analyze your search terms report and know exactly what it is you're spending on. Because even at an exact match level, uh, you'll still have close variants of your keywords and you might find that there's some of them are irrelevant still. Yeah. And actually, this, I think you said something that I think would be good to maybe define some of the terminology because that was one of the things because I, I I have a lot of experience running Facebook ads, and then when I tried to do Google ads, it was like a whole nother world. Yeah. And so, um, you use a word exact match, and so I know there's there's exact match, there's phrase match. Can you kind of define a couple of those different types of of matches so people can kind of get familiar, myself included? Absolutely. So Google has changed a little bit of this over the years, but currently we have a broad match, phrase match, and exact match. So broad match, you could type this in just by not having anything. You could just type in your keyword. Um, and that's gonna, Google's gonna look for anything loosely related to that term. So if you were a solar panel company, for instance, and you typed in solar panels as a broad match, it might start ranking for uh, solar systems and uh, people looking up for answers on a solar system test that they had to do, some crazy stuff like that. Um, so typically I avoid those. Uh, next up will be phrase match. So you identify that with a quotation mark at the beginning and end of a keyword. And that's going to limit it a little bit. It'll try and keep some of those uh, core terms within there. So you could type in solar panels. It'll be like solar panel financing or uh, what are the best solar panels type of deal. And then you get to an exact match level. You do this by putting uh, brackets around your keywords. And with this, uh, you type in solar panels with those uh, brackets, you're gonna get solar panel, solar panels, maybe solar panel near me, but it's pretty much gonna stay within that fine line. Gotcha. So for like a web designer, you would do like maybe an exact match for like web designer in Orange County, California. And that would be an Absolutely. exact match. Exact match. I would, so I would break it up by like your geo, whatever location you're based out of. You could do web designer, um, and then just for like an ad group structure, a little bit steering away from the keyword structure, but, uh, you could think about web designer, 
uh, as keywords and then web developer as keywords and just being able to see how CPC changes and differs. Yeah. And so you wouldn't necessarily have to put in the location as part of the keywords just by doing the, the geo targeting it would automatically do that, right? It would cover that. So you don't need to think about like in each individual city that you might cover, right? Or how does that work um, geography? What I would do, so to be to be safe, it would be to have uh, all the keywords in there. So it is a little bit monotonous, but there are some, some automated tools that you can use to help build keyword lists. Um, but ideally you would want like web developer in Orange County web developer in Los Angeles, web developer in Sacramento, et cetera. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, one of so, the things, sorry, Tim, can I just oh, ask no, no, you a question? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I um, thought with, uh, when I was beginning my campaign, when I was, when I started, it was that I very much stuck to exact match to begin with because of budget and, and also, you know, budgets can, I know you can set, um, specific budgets for you know your daily budget for example um, based on your campaign so you can say say i'm going to do um, 10 pounds a day 10 dollars a day whatever depending on your currency uh, for that campaign um, and i found that by doing exact match that i i was far more likely at the beginning to uh, actually capture some clients uh, and not waste money, not waste budget. Is that the kind of thing that you do, Sean? Um, 99% of the time, yes. We want to yeah. stick to exact matches. And um, and really it comes down to your keyword research at the beginning and just mm -hmm. knowing all the keywords you have at your disposal and just saying, hey, I don't need to use broad match. I know all the keywords that I need and what's relevant for my business. And this is what I'm going to spend on. Yeah. So at, at what point do you broaden that? Uh, so let's say you, because uh, let's say you've been running a campaign for a year. Do you ever, do you ever broaden that and say, okay, I'm, you know, doing really well with my exact match, but should I start looking at sort of uh, broader matches now? Or do you tend to keep it, if you're successful with it, do you tend to keep it the same? If it's successful, we try to keep it to the same. Mm. Um, what I would do though, is even with an exact match, uh, you'll still have uh, variants of your keywords that you'll have to review. If you go into your search terms report in your ads account, um, and you can filter by keywords that you've never added or excluded. So these are brand yeah. new terms yeah. that aren't added. And those you would definitely want to review and say, hey, like, is Google really targeting the right search terms? Uh, because even with exact matches, uh, I've seen Google still bid on irrelevant search terms. <laughs> Interesting. Sorry, Tim. I butted in there. <laughs> no, hey, no. Uh, actually, Tim. Before, so one of our uh, uh, listeners that I know gets up very early because she's from Australia. So, good morning, Brenda. Brenda had a quick question when you were talking about the quotes: uh, double quotes or single quote marks for the phrase match? Uh, just the it would be the double quotes. So double um, quotes. I can actually type it in the chat for you. So if you were a web developer. I would type in web developer near me. Um, if any, if you can, hopefully they can see that. Um, but that's how I would type in. That's how you do uh, your phrase matches. Cool. All right, cool. Brendan just got that. I've got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Eric, Eric, I was actually going to kick it over to you. So, um, are you running uh, PPC right now to get yourself leads? 
So we do run some PBC. It's just just new, just starting with it, um, moving from, you know, just extracting. Now I'm experimenting doing my own because I'm, you know, it's, it's for me. And so if it yeah. doesn't work as well right away, it's okay. But for clients, we don't, we don't, we don't touch it. We, we have Sean do it. Um, yeah. Great. Because every time I talk to him um, or email, like I'm learning something. Uh, so Mike, you had mentioned a little bit ago, um, Google performance max. So yeah. we, with, with, I think um, all of our clients right now um, we're running both search and Google performance max. Um, and so I think that would be kind of interesting to hear a little bit more about um, Sean, because Google Performance Max, is it, it's rel not, it's newer, isn't it, in, in the last year or so? Yeah, I don't even think it's, or maybe a barely a year old now. It might be one year old now. Okay. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't, because it's, it's two, it's all in the same, you still, you still log into the same place, but they're two completely different types of ads. Hmm. Right. So Performance Max, um, is an interesting decision made by Google. So previously, uh, how Google ran was you had your search campaign with search network. They had Google shopping campaigns with Google shopping network, Google maps with map campaigns, etc. What Google decided to do with performance max was, Hey, let's just merge all these networks together and say it's search, it's shopping, it's display, it's discovery, it's YouTube, it's Gmail everything, all the Google properties merged into one, throw all of your assets into it, including a, a merchant center feed, if you're an e-commerce company. Um, and that's how you're gonna run it. You, if, if you want to run maps, you can't do it. You have to use Pmax. If you wanna run shopping, you can't do it. You have to use Pmax. So it's been challenging for a lot of advertisers, but um, luckily it has been proving uh, positive results for the clients that I have onboarded it too. So it's been giving uh, good results. Okay. Yeah. So, and there's a few things you got to have do with it. I know with like, you know, so, and I know our client's not going to mention or care us mentioning, mentioning them, but um, Headshots Wow is a photographer that does professional headshots. Um, and uh, we even had to put together uh, or provide pictures. Like we had to make a small U short YouTube video because there's a chance his ads are gonna show up in the geo-fenced area on YouTube, in G in Google, or in, in Gmail. Somebody's using free Gmail. So it really isn't, now it's it's displaying him in all kinds of areas, not just somebody going to Google and typing that in. He's gonna show up and, um, you know, at, at the top of map pack and, and stuff like that. So I think it's actually, you know, now I'm not, I, you mentioned some stuff there. I didn't think about like maybe more specific for e-commerce or stuff like that. But I think Google Performance Max is a, is a great opportunity to really kind of open your horizons up. So if I'm understanding correctly, I may not be. Uh, Google Performance Max, basically, rather than choosing different types of campaigns, it's one type of campaign and then Google uses their algorithm to place you different places, yeah. depending on what they think is going to get you the best return. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, Facebook has some similar stuff. And I've learned to trust on the Facebook ad side of things, trust the algorithm. It's like because their machine learning, their data, 
knows so much more than I know. It's like I can I can try to predict and 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 put in our audience targeting and this and that, but it's like if I just like sit back and just let their algorithm do the thing, I've learned that it over time provides a much greater return because they have so much data and they know who my customer is even more than I do. And so I imagine it's kind of similar with with Google. That's interesting. I'm looking at my my own ads campaign. Um, I haven't been optimizing as, as much as I, I should be. I haven't touched it in a, quite a while. But I'm wondering, how do you even get to the, uh, the performance plus? Like if I just go to like create campaign, you I have see, to it, yeah, it starts, and it kind of has a qualification uh, aspect to it, and I, I think I'm right, Sean. It's about eight weeks before Google will release Performance Max to a Google Ads um, account. It's had to run for a certain period of time because Google's learning about um, the business. It's learning. It's it's picking up on the the search campaign. And then it releases the, you with the option of actually creating a performance max campaign. Um, not quite. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So with performance max, any any you can have a fresh account and run PMAX right away. Um, oh, there's no okay. limitations on that aspect. Um, okay. Google does have like limitations, like an account needs to have a certain uh, budget or spend threshold in order to give you um like certain conversions like uh local visits like people actually visiting your uh physical store location as a conversion uh that's something you have to unlock with google um but with performance max you can run it right away okay interesting yeah i'm, I'm looking for it uh because when i go create campaign in my own account it says choose your objective sales leads traffic is that still all part of it they just want to know my objective. Yeah. So generally you would be like a leads or sales campaign, right? Uh, that's what most uh, goals are. Yeah. And uh, there should be an option for you have all of your different networks or campaign types like search display. And then you'll see one for performance max or P max. Gotcha. Okay. And, and the, the power of this is um, for, from the experience I've had is that you tend to get a lower uh, cost per click. Um, than, much lower yeah the, than you do in a search campaign so it's it its value it increases um and the fact that you do appear on across all these networks in fact as a friend of mine who was uh, running some local ads um for his web design business uh, where we live and i was playing a game called words with friends and his his ad came up halfway through it and i was like there he is <laughs> using a pmax campaign but it goes right the way across the whole uh, the whole network, and you can literally just see these things popping up um, in all different types of places. And it's amazing how many different places, how many different fingers in the pie that Google's got uh, when it comes to advertising. Um, and I, I was just in uh, the the Headshots Wow campaign the other day, uh, yeah. looking um, at it to to answer a couple of questions to the client, and what, what I noticed like. Sean even loads multiple headlines, multiple descriptions, multiple images, and Google, the algorithm, the way I understand it, like it's going to pull different, you know, like different people are going to see different combination of those based upon what Google knows about them, their click history, you know, their demographics, all that kind of stuff. So it's not like you were, it's even like, 
you're not even going any in more anymore and having to create that one headline or that one description and and really try like you you loaded multiple ones in there and we're just gonna let Google figure it out. I'm gonna jump in on uh, and elaborate a little bit on that as well because uh, Google really pushes on that. They create uh, search campaigns. We used to have. Um, expanded text ads where you could dedicate your two three headlines and your two descriptions and know exactly how you want your ad to display and then google changed that and said hey everyone has to use something called responsive search ads where it's 15 headlines and four descriptions and it's going to be all over the place um what i would recommend is actually creating different ad variations and using the pin feature to replicate that expanded text ad and say well i do want this ad to look this way sometimes i want to see how that relates to performance so um you can elaborate a little bit on that and and mix between balancing what google wants versus what's going to be most relevant for your customer and your business yeah and google also will also as you're adding sort of any images or anything it'll tell you whether that's any good or not so if you're creating any sort of content to go with your ad and you add that content in and it's not right, Google will tell you straight away, say, no, sorry, you, it, we, we, we won't put that campaign out because that's not the right size image. It's not it's not going to work for you. Um, and the other great thing I thought with um, with the Pmax campaign was the the option of Google actually creating you a little video, which, you know, um, these days, if you you know sit down and create yourself a video, you sit and scratch your head for ten minutes, thinking, right, okay, what am I going to put in this video? How am I going to create it? You know, um, and I know Tim, you've done some you know you've done some YouTube videos for for your products, um, and having to sit down and, and write the script out for that, and then you know cut it together and do all that sort of thing. Well, with Pmax, it'll just literally give you a number of different slides, give you a little bit of music behind it. It's a small, it's a small ad, but people do react to videos more and more these days than they do just a single static image. So I thought that was a really cool part of Pmax as well. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've got another uh, comment uh, question um, in the chat um, from Aaron. Uh, it says, once you have your keywords uh, and they're and you're running ads what do you look for to optimize your ads not sure if if this is too broad of a of a question and i'm really excited to hear what what sean has to say this on the, the ad side i do know that one of the things that we try we tell people um and we even put this out in our social medias is you know and, and stuff like that is one of the biggest mistakes we see most people make it, this doesn't mean it's it's a mistake for everybody but when people run ads to the homepage of their website, um, they they convert a lot lower. But when you run ads, tend to run ads to a specific landing page that is designed to continue the story of that ad um, and pull people through, you see a much higher conversion. So it's not just the ad side, I think. I think for this, the optimization, Sean, is it, looking at both the ad and the landing page and kind of working those two together to maximize your optimization. That's exactly right. Um, so in Google ads, and you can, you can go in your columns 
and uh, you can customize your columns and look down for metrics called quality score. And under quality score, you have ad relevancy and uh, landing page relevancy, which are two very, very important metrics to look at. Um, and Google will give you a rough idea on each keyword. So at a keyword level, it'll tell you, uh, was your ad relevant? Was your landing page relevant to this search term? So that would look right there. And if you see really high CPCs along with the low quality score, that's probably telling you, hey, you're running traffic to these keywords, but Google's not really finding your landing page and your ad too relevant. So you may want to brush up on your SEO, maybe take a step back, add some extra content on your page, your landing page uh, that contain those search terms that you're bidding on and, and see how that relates to performance and see if you can get higher quality scores and lower CPCs and um, better quality traffic. So for, for those that are web designers that are like, I don't want to get into the digital marketing side, which is, you don't, you definitely don't have to um, ever get into the digital marketing side. I want to say that we've discovered recently that this is a really good um, in for us for businesses because a lot of local business owners do try to run their own pay-per-click and they get frustrated because it's not converting. Well, you can put out there and on, on social media uh, and say, hey, you know, or if you're doing a, uh, after, you know, we'll do an initial discussion and, and go to move into the to the blueprint sales presentation. And we have oftentimes, you know, in the last, you know, four or five months as we started realizing this, we're often able to just get uh, clients to hire us for a first time just to redesign their landing page because they're running their pay-per-click to their homepage. And as soon as we tell them this, they're like, oh, and then we can come in at a low cost, you know, depending on the client, three to $500 just to design that that landing page. And that's the only thing we do. Um, and, but then they see results and now they want to hire us for more things because we got that. So if you're listening and you're a web designer and you might be thinking, this has nothing to do with me. I'm never going to run ads for my business and it's not going to help me in my business as a web designer. I would say this could potentially be a major first offer to get your foot in the door with somebody, really impress them and then lead to, uh, well, imagine what we, you know, we could do for you if we redesigned your entire website. Um, so just wanted yeah. to throw that out from the business side of things. That's good. Yeah. And another couple of things I want to say about optimization. Um, so Eric gave the example of like landing pages. And so from my own experience with, with Divi life, finding that, uh, searcher intent is really important. Right. And so for example, everyone here should know what a child theme is, right? Uh, Sean, maybe you do or don't, but if all of our listeners should know what a child theme is being in WordPress. And so I found that when someone is searching for Divi child themes, oftentimes they're looking for a web design premium template, a premium Divi child theme to purchase. However, if they're searching for Divi child theme singular, oftentimes they're looking for a blank child theme to use to customize, right? Two totally different things, same, similar name, same mechanism, but like different intent. And so we did what, what Eric mentioned and had them go to two different landing pages. One letter difference, Divi child theme versus Divi child themes, plural, went to two different places. One went to uh, the landing page with our child themes where they could purchase them, read about them, all see, see them, see the demos. And another one went to our blog guide that teaches them all about what Divi child themes are, 
how to create one. And here's a free one too. And so one letter difference, but going through and seeing that optimization and then making the change uh, definitely increased uh, conversions on the site. And so I, I guess one thing I wanted to mention too about Aaron's question with optimization, like what is optimization? Sometimes it's as simple as turning off uh, keywords that aren't getting you anything in order to reallocate budget towards keywords that are performing better. Um, and so that that's a huge part of the optimization process because it's like you you might type in keywords that are just aren't converting, right? Maybe just they're not, it's just not the right fit. And so simply killing them can uh, help improve the overall campaign because now you're not wasting uh, budget on on keywords that aren't doing anything for you. That's good. That's good. And um, your your child theme blog post and creator, that was my first introduction to Divi Life. Just center. love it. Oh, yeah. boom. Now, now, I own, now, I, now I own it all, but it started with that blog post. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why, like, that's that's a free piece of content. And we're paying, I don't know if you came to it organically because it ranks organically as well as uh, in the ads, but that's why we pay for it, that traffic because it, it results in, in, in email subscribers and uh, ultimately customers. Yeah. And um, I think, so, yeah. I think with some of this too, you have to have a long game in mind with some of it, you know, depending on what you're doing. If you're running ads to a lead magnet or a lead generator, like, well, there's going to be a little bit longer in, in, in the buying prices. Now, if you are, um, you know, so like one way we, we explain it when we're talking to potential clients is, you know, if when we're talking like a local service business, uh, like a plumber, okay. Um, Facebook is where you want to run ads to create awareness of seasonal things coming up that you can you can help uh, homeowners with. Your pay-per-click, you wanna run pay-per-click on 24-hour emergency plumber because people and the people that are doing research tend to scroll past the ads. People that are ready to make a decision tend to click on the ads, especially if there's a need right now. So we don't do this at in transit studios we don't provide emergency website maintenance i mean if somebody contacts us and they're not a client and their website's offline um go to somebody else we we don't do that um you know here, here's focus a couple of yeah call focus wp we can't, <laughs> can't can't help you but this is another where if you're a, a designer developer and you like problem solving broken wordpress websites well People are going to, if somebody's website is down and they go to Google and do a search because their website's down, you are, that is somebody you may want to get right in front of because they're, they're looking for somebody to hand their money to, to fix a problem right now. That would be maybe another way to go about this. If, the, if that's something you did as a web designer, I don't do it. Yeah, that's good. I want to get uh, Sean's thoughts on budget. So for web designers that are getting started for the first time with Google ads, what do you recommend Sean for starting budget? And then also how do you recommend scaling budget after that? Absolutely. So, um, it really depends. Um, I would say a couple hundred bucks to start at the very least, uh, maybe like $300 a minimum. Uh, and that's going to give you some per month. Yes. Um, and that's going to give you some room to really uh, test out some keywords and figure out, okay, this is really expensive. I, you don't want this. And uh, you would, and at that point I would probably just filter out for the low cost clicks that, um, that you can just buy and, and scale that way. 
That's good. And then say it's starting to work, right? You're doing 300 bucks a month. You're getting leads. It's working. You're like, I want more of this. Is there any, I guess, best practice for increasing budget? Should you do it slowly? Does it matter? I know for Facebook, the general rule for Facebook ads is you scale slowly. If you try to like double or triple your ad spend for a campaign, it can really tank the results. And so you want to do it gradually. Is that the same for Google ads? Uh, generally, yes, you would want to do it in increments. Um, if you want to scale quickly, I would do it at 25% uh, increments uh, about every day or so. Um, so if you bid up your budget every 25% every day and see how that changes, um, that's how I would start. Um, but again, some clients need to scale like crazy for one weekend and then scale back down uh, once the weekend's over. I just had to do that for a, a client over Memorial Day. So uh, it, it really depends. Yeah. And there's also um, on the campaign itself, there's the search is lost budget as well, um, where Google kind of gives you an indication of if you're not, if you don't have enough budget and you, uh, you lost the opportunity to show your ads because you ran out of budget that day. So um, that's a column that you can add to, to your Google ads as well, just to show um, that, you know, you might have missed say 25%. Um, or you might be missing 50% uh, of the opportunities to, to show your ads. Um, so uh, that's a good one to, to, to look at. And it's certainly one I, I learned with, um, with a, one of our more recent clients. Yeah, I would definitely be careful with that, though, because, mm. um, because CPCs can be very high for like those web developer keywords. I mean, we're talking mm. 20, 25, maybe $30. Yeah. Um, and if Google says, "Hey, limited by budget, just spend three thousand dollars a day," and I'll give you six, so uh, that can happen. So yeah. uh, just look out for those recommendations. Yeah. Uh, so one thing um, I know this to be true in the SEO side of things for organic search: long tail versus short tail keywords. Long tail being longer and more specific; short tail being more broad, general. Um, do you try to encourage clients to come up with more long tail keywords because they're more specific and therefore they're more typically more of a purchase intent happening opposed to broad? Um, and how do you, what's the best way to advise your clients to come up with those types of things? Because I know for you, you're like, I can do some of it, but you know your business better than me. So you need to help with the keyword research side of things. So what are your thoughts on that, Sean? Absolutely. So a big thing is, is relevancy of keywords, especially if it's lead generation. Um, I'll stick. I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, going, going in circles right now. Um, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question one more time? Yeah, so I know, and I kind of asked in a roundabout way because I was trying to define long tail, short tail within my question as well, for those who don't know. Um, what is your, your thoughts on short tail versus long tail for, uh, for keywords and campaigns and stuff? Um, and then also when you're working with clients, what's the best way to advise them on coming up with good long tail keywords? Because obviously no one knows their business and their industry better than the business owner, right? Like even as a, as a marketer, if you're working with a bunch of clients, it's like, yeah, I have an idea of what people are searching for, but like really the keyword research ultimately needs to be in the hands of the, the business. Like for example, with my business, 
I'm I'm selling Divi plugins, child themes, like trying to educate my when I was working with an ad agency, trying to educate them on uh, my business and the types of keywords and the nuances of my exact niche. It was took a lot of, of time. And so I was having to educate them so that they could help me write better ad copy and all that. So I guess my question comes down to how do you advise clients on uh, creating good long tail keywords? Absolutely. So uh, when we're doing keyword research, um, let's say you're using a tool like SEMrush and you're getting a general idea of what a plumber, for instance. So what pe people are looking for plumbers all across America, what are they typing in? And uh, you'll get an idea and it'll be like uh, leak services. And then there's the geo-specific keywords. And then there's um, near me. And then there's local. We got all these different types of uh, different ways to type this in. And um, I actually use a tool to help me. I use this with almost every build and it's a free tool. Um, it's called found.co.uk uh, slash PPC dash keyword dash tool. That will build, uh, sorry, that's a bit of a long uh, little URL, but uh, that tool will be able to create um, very, very large keyword lists. I'd be able to make like a 10,000 um, key, 10, keywords within a list uh, within just a couple of minutes, uh, just by understanding uh, basic keyword research through SEM Rush and combining it with something that's relevant to their business. So combining like all of their clients' cities and regions um and just plugging those into creating a list that's ten thousand keywords long and basically just saying hey maybe not all these people are going to be searching for this but at least we're fishing for them and it's within our budget and um we'll be able to index for these searches if someone types them in we'll, we'll be ready for it and that's how i pitch it nice. nice i i think i found a link for that i'm gonna grab it you, you said it was found.co.uk uk for slash ppc tool a keyword tool uh yes yeah keyword dash keyword dash tool yeah yeah stick it in the chat eric will oh you know what mike i can't i'm gonna put it in the private chat mike okay i'll i'll pop it across no so, there you go. I, I dropped it yeah. in the private chat so no problem a little behind the scenes in the green room there here we go here we go but yeah, yeah for, I highly, highly recommend that tool for, for any keyword building. It, it could actually be helpful for SEO too. Cool. Nice. We like Good tools tip. here. We like tools. We like tools and tips. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to um, you've been running your campaign for a while for a client, Sean, um, and you're uh, – you're then sort of starting, you have to sort of report on the conversion tracking because one of the things that um, any Google Ads campaign is all about is, as, as you know, it's it's asked, starts off asking you the question, you know, what are you trying to achieve here? Are you trying to get leads? So, for example, with this client that I've got, it for them, it's all about leads. That's just, the, they're just driven by getting leads through the door. Then they Then they go off. Uh, and try to convert that lead into a paying customer. So they'll tell me at the beginning what one customer is worth to them uh, at the beginning of the campaign. So we're saying, okay, so we know if you've got X amount of leads and they know that they'll, let's say, convert 10% of those leads, just for the sake of example, 
Um, and then they're basically saying to me, well, I know that I can then put this budget in and we could just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. Um, but actually one of the things that with conversion tracking, there was two things that I noticed with this, with this particular campaign. One was that we'd set the tracking up for the thank you page after they had someone had completed a contact form. Mm -hmm. And the other was to do with actually looking at the um, conversion tracking for the telephone number. And I thought this was a really interesting report that came out of Google Ads, where Google will tell you if somebody's actually picked up the phone at the other end when they've um, dialed a number. And so we would, we would, wondering why some things were working and some things weren't and so in one of my client meetings i sat down with them and i said people aren't answering the phone i said you've got these conversions and the guys at the uh, some of the depots weren't answering the phone and and so that really really helped us go and look at that even more intelligently and say actually you know we're we're um you know we're we're able to show that this these things aren't you know, uh, people aren't actually doing their jobs properly all the way through the line. So it's not just about the ads. And here we are with with the conversion tracking. We've done our bit. It's the the client at the other end as well because they have an expectation on you to deliver. So there's a point where you deliver and you say, "Yeah, we've set your ads up. We can see that the leads are coming through." And they're saying, "Well, something's gone wrong." And so having that intelligence to be able to go into Google Ads and see what's happening is 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 really important is there anything that you do with conversion tracking that is similar to that that's quite intelligent yes um so google ads itself has its own call reporting and it will be actually able to record some of these calls and you're actually able to hear maybe someone did pick up the phone but the the salesman wasn't able to close that very well he just totally dropped the ball uh, oh, i've wow. seen that happen a couple of times yeah. um and another tool you can do is, is installing a call rail within your um within your business and uh, mm -hmm. you can track your calls that way um and what i also find too is uh when reviewing those calls is uh the quality of the conversions google might say hey this campaign is doing amazing you need to spend more and do more of this and yada 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 but then when you look at the the actual leads that you're getting you may have a hundred leads but they're, they're garbage leads. Uh, these are people uh, thinking you're a different business. These are people looking for employment. Um, yes. So yeah. just these are definitely things you want to keep out for. Um, so you may think that your campaign's doing amazing, but check your reporting, check your search terms, uh, check the calls, and just make sure before you invest more into it. Yeah, and that comes back down to that search intent that Tim was talking about earlier. And it's sometimes it's really really difficult because the search a, a search term can be exactly the same um and you see this is where google's intelligence it's it's got no chance because it can be exactly the same for each type of of keyword search that you put in and you've got to try and get it so specific in order to get it right but i had this with one particular campaign with a client and it didn't matter what we did he still ended up with people looking for a job and, and it was really, really difficult to get it right because it was his particular niche was very niche. Um, and all he ended up with all the time was people filling in contact forms saying, could I have a job in this, uh, at your company? And so he just felt like he was advertising for, for jobs. And so, yeah, it's, it, 
it not everything works with google ads um and and i think you probably have to be in it for a very very long time to know all the nuances and the and the things that you probably can do if i'd have shown you that campaign you'd have probably looked at it and said oh well what you could have tried was this and and, and that and that's where the expertise comes in doesn't it i believe so yeah yeah and i mean the learning curve on it <clears throat> i got in there and like i said i'm dabbling right now but it's all i'm doing and, and i'm probably two three months away from just you know going to 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 pennington and putting in a work order for for in transit studios um because <laughs> uh I, I see them get results i mean it's why they're our fulfillment partner um and they're making it easier and easier constantly to to work with them um and i've looked at lots of other places and by far uh pennington has the handedly has the the best pricing um for white label um and sean is great to work with and and the entire team at, at pennington um you know we use them for uh several different our, our copywriting um uh pay-per-click uh facebook ads i mean, just the list goes on and on and on um so it's great and and to be honest i i would rather just sell it and and get all the paperwork filled out and and submit everything over to sean have a meeting with sean um go back to the client and instead of spending the hours and hours and hours it would take me i can be out using those hours to be doing more sales um and so it to me it's just well worth it now if you're listening and you're a weekend warrior maverick um and and you really want to do this and in case you to geek, geek out on that I, that's fine as well so sean my question is for those people you know like like guys uh uh said we, we've got a lot of web designers that listen and um they we, we like to get in and tinker with these kinds of things um what's been would you say some of the one of the you know one or two mistakes that a first-time diyer should be aware of and avoid if they do want to go in and try to do some ppc for their own business Absolutely. Um, if we're talking um, in the realm of Google ads, um, don't be afraid to go expert mode and do um, everything as an expert for Google ads. Uh, because if you try to do it, uh, not an expert where you'll do, uh, you'll create something called a smart Google ads account. And you're, you're very limited to smart campaigns. And um, it's not actual Google ads, you don't want any of that. So um, that's good. That's one tip I would make. Uh, you're an expert the second you're making a Google Ads account. Um, don't listen to anything Google says. Um, that'd be, um, that's, no, that's number one. And um, generally speaking, um, do your research. Uh, do as much research as you can um, before you launch, before you decide to, um, to invest. Because um, it really goes a long way into understanding um, problems in the future. Okay. That's good. I know the the paperwork, you know, we, we've got a questionnaire that we work through with the client and there's a lot to it, you know, especially the the personas, you know, filling out the personas. Um, so then, you know, who the client, I mean, I know we're setting you up with success uh, to, to, to have success, but you're right. There's a lot of research like it's it, it can be an hour long um kickoff meeting with the client just to work through the questionnaire and and gather all the information and, and have conversation with them so um 
that's good doing the doing the research that's a good tip i've got a question for you sean what do you think that the search generative experience is going to how that how's that going to affect google ads for for people um the search what, what type of search experience so google announced recently that um there were they've got this uh new search generative experience it's basically going to change the um the 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 screen that everybody sees when they type in a search so you're going to have much more ai uh related uh, responses uh, in in this experience there's a number of people are doing like um tests on it at the moment um and you can you can sign up for 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 this for this test um and and google ads is kind of like i mean in my own personal opinion i i think that google's been driving uh, everybody towards payment in some kind of way because it becomes much harder in seo to get your business even seen let's just say you're number one for a search term and what they're doing is they're they're taking up all of the real estate and the here in what we call our hero section when and so people scrolling scrolling down is becoming less and less so if you see uh even the word sponsored now it's this little tiny word isn't it and some people don't mm -hmm. even realize now that they're actually clicking on an ad because they're google are getting that clever so there's they're basically saying, you know, here's our new experience. So this the, the search generative experience is like this is going to change what you're going to see when you first um, when you first log in, uh, when you first put your search term in, and Google returns the results. So you're going to have the map pack on the right. You're going to have the AI generated um, responses in front of you, um, as well as the the Google Ads. Um, and I just wondered if um, if you'd had a chance to have a have a have a dabble with it yourself yet. Uh, I have not yet, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but yeah. that does sound very interesting. How um, how the res results uh, will change because I do know um, this was years ago, years back. Um, Google used to have like fifteen, ten different ads at the very top. Yeah, and. Uh, and once that update rolled out and there was only three many businesses just went out of business because oh, of wow. uh they lost that placement right so yeah. um i would definitely watch out for for any big updates um i know for like facebook a couple of years back there was ios 14 um which crippled just chopped the leg off of a lot of uh, other advertisers marketing so i guess at the end of the day don't have um all of your marbles in one basket try to have a broad um, approach to your PPC. Um, so if an update like that happens, uh, at least you have something to fall back on. And grow your email list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like email is powerful. Yeah. Like, like that's really a big part of what we're trying to do is think about like, you know, if I'm going to put money into leads, um, uh, yeah, I, I want to try to get the phone call if I can, but I'm also going to make the lead magnet the just as highly attractive, if not more, um, because I can still follow up. My follow up email is going to have my phone number. Um, and so I I really like to get people's email email addresses. I, I want to get them on my email list. So. 100%. Awesome. Well, guys, we are have already flown to the end of the hour um, wow. goes by fast when you're learning lots of new stuff. Um, so thank you everyone 
for joining us live. If you're watching the replay, thank you for, for checking us out uh, or watching or listening to the replay. Um, but go ahead and, and do us a favor. If you're watching us live, hit that like button. That helps us. Uh, if you are watching or listening later, uh, give us a comment, give us a like. And if you want to be extra awesome, write us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash chat, and then it will link to uh, where you can leave us reviews on, on all the platforms. So that helps us out greatly. And we'll probably even, uh, give you, uh, a shout out on the show. And I think we need to bribe you with something else as well. Uh, we'll come up with something. Um, I was just thinking like, Oh, what, what can I throw in, in this moment? But I need to, need first, to think first, about it. And talk first to everyone. leaves a review gets Mike's hat. I'm just kidding. I can't, I can't give away Mike's hat. I'm just kidding. That's funny. That's funny. Nice, nice. Um, awesome. Well, any 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 final thoughts, Sean, or from uh, our panelists here, guys? Uh, anything you want to share before we uh, we end the show for today? Yeah. yeah um, go on, Eric. You go. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, I, I, I like I said at the at the top of the show, I always felt that Google Ads was kind of like something going to spend a lot of money on this. You know, this could be really really tricky. Um, the first thing is that don't go into doing doing Google Ads and do it for a month and give up. That's Google's not even getting started on your uh, on your campaign at that point. You you you've got a lot. It's got a lot of learning to do. You've got a lot of learning to do. You've got to go in and and pick out those negative keywords to make sure that your campaigns are running correctly. And you should give it much, much more, much longer than that and take advantage of things like Performance Max and getting your business across the different networks and don't be frightened of it. If you're going to go into it, make sure that, as Sean said at the outset, that you've got a set budget and that you can you can run it for a period of time. Um, that was, you know, I've, I've spoken to a number of Google experts and they're all saying exactly the same thing. Um, Yes, you can pause campaigns. Don't be frightened if you're if you're thinking about oh, I need to pause it. You can pause a campaign at any time, but make sure that you give that um, Google Ads campaign a chance to 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 get to get you where you want to go. Nice, good deal, oh. Eric. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thanks to Aaron um, for asking if we can get a link to Sean's business. And then Tim did put that in the chat. But if you're listening to the podcast later, um, it's penningtoncreative.com. Um, and, you know, I uh, am one of their customers. Uh, I'm not affiliated outside of that. Um, I give them a, a lot of money every month and happy to do so because they make us look really good to our clients. Um, they're constantly making it easier to work with them. And Sean has been very patient as our digital marketing coordinator, Kristen and I are been continuously coming back to him lately with new questions. So we're like, what about this? And what about this? And he, he's been great and, and very helpful. So um, I, I highly recommend uh, Pennington Creative to uh, work with. So check them out, have a conversation. Um, I think you'll be really, really happy and, and super pleased. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Love it. All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in, whether that's live or watching or listening to the replay. And that uh, we will see you on the next episode of Divi Chat. Take care. Bye-bye.